the football pod. Booing and the jeering and the anticipation. And then as he strikes it, there's that intake of breath because he puts the bloody ball 14 uh, yards the, the second he hits it, I knew we were under pressure. Like. Subscribe to the football pod on the OTB Sports app now. The football show on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. I'm prepared to end it my can. Do it then. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh! Yeah, you're welcome, Max. So as the uh, summer ticks along, we're inching towards the resumption of the season. Cristiano Ronaldo back at Carrington today for uh, talks with Eric Ten Hag and the club. Andy Mitten, editor of United We Stand, is with us. Andy, I trust you had a bit of time off over the summer? Yeah. <laughs> I got back from Australia yesterday after a, a 40-hour uh, trip back from Manchester United's pre-season uh, tour. I tried to take some time off. Uh, about a month ago I just wanted to get away from from football so I went to write about the Tour de France but even when I was there I got a phone call asking me if I'd go on uh, on television to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo who a story broke that he wanted to leave Manchester United so it's very difficult to unplug from the soap opera that is is football and also Manchester United I have had some time with, with my family but the last few weeks I've been on the pre-season tour so it's been it's been really busy travelling mm. around and travel's difficult at the moment whether in the UK and Ireland or, or further afield but Manchester United played well and uh, I'm a bit jet lagged now but everything's okay Good man and presumably Cristiano Ronaldo still wants to leave Manchester United yeah, it's my understanding that he wants to leave Manchester United and also that Manchester United don't want to sell him. So that's been a story. It's been rumbling along for almost as long as the Frankie de Jong to Manchester United story. Uh, United fans are pretty split on Ronaldo. When it happened, I put a, a poll on my Twitter and maybe 30,000 people responded. And I think only 30% really wanted Ronaldo to stay at Manchester United. So... I think people know that he's been an amazing player and even last year he was an amazing player but it's certainly not unanimous in terms of people wanting him to stay we don't know what's going to happen footballers tend to get the way when they, when they want to move but it's not clear cut with Ronaldo he earns so much money that I don't think nobody can afford him who is at the level that he wants to play at so it's alright saying you want to play Champions League football I'm not aware of any clubs in the Champions League who can come close to affording his wages so we'll probably hear a bit more about this he's in Manchester at the moment he will be speaking to Eric Ten Hag for the first time Uh, George Mendes his agent also came to Manchester too so I think Cristiano is conscious that he doesn't want to annoy Manchester United fans too Mm. much United fans are so split on it Uh, a lot are just like just go you've been an amazing player but you're the the past and not the future and others with good reason are saying um, he's still a great player on the tour I spoke to people at the club and people who can see a, a real clear logic for him leaving and yet at the same time feel completely conflicted because of his personal brilliance and his professionalism and his drive to be the best footballer he can be and one person said to me if every footballer was as professional at as Cristiano Ronaldo, the levels in world football would increase by 20% overnight. All that said, I mean, his presence last year hardly inspired those around him to greatness. Last year was terrible. 
Manchester United were absolutely awful. Yeah. So that, 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 that undercuts the argument that just Ronaldo's presence alone is going to uh, create some kind of a culture. Like it was a toxic culture of anything in that club last year. And that's why when I wrote a piece about three weeks ago and, and quoted numerous sources basically saying it's not a problem if he goes. Uh, financially, it wouldn't be a problem either. But commercially, United can still do very well out of Cristiano Ronaldo. I think football's got to take precedent here. And the timing's not ideal because there's not a long list of strikers you can go out and buy. A lot of this is on the manager. As we saw pre-season, Manchester United played well with the high-pressing game that Eric Ten Hag likes to play. And that's not a game for Cristiano Ronaldo. So you really would be disrupting the style of play, which is in its infancy under Eric Ten Hag. But it's exactly what people said to me within the club when he signed a year ago they're like okay this is great but we've got to rip up any plans for this season in terms of the style of football that we're developing and have developed under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer mm. so there's pretty compelling arguments both sides to this I think the manager should decide as much as possible now and he impressed me on the tour he's a disciplinarian he's got the respect of most of his players he's at his best on the training ground He's a very good coach. And I think the manager of Manchester United should be the most important person at the club and not a player, whether that's Cristiano Ronaldo or anybody else. Mm. Ten Hag publicly is being very clear that he wants to keep Ronaldo. I find that so hard to believe. What else can he say? Exactly, you know, but, I, but, I'm, but I mean privately, I, I find that hard to believe. I, I Absolutely, publicly, he has to say that because you risk causing all sorts of uh, complications otherwise. But privately, I find it hard to believe that he does believe that. Well, look at the three previous managers. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer dropped Ronaldo against Everton last year. Michael Carrick dropped Ronaldo. Ralph Rangnick wanted to drop Ronaldo, but he gave up the ghost after a couple of months. I think there's another issue here with Ronaldo... Um, starting to realise that he can't do things that he used to be able to do as a player, even though he's still fantastic. I'm with you because Eric Ten Hag has a very clear way of playing football and that doesn't involve relatively static centre-forwards. But Manchester United is an exceptional club and Cristiano Ronaldo is an exceptional player. He's got a problem. Do I think if... Ronaldo said he wants to go tomorrow, goodbye, walk off into the sunset, that Eric Ten Hag would be massively concerned by that. I don't, but I don't have any any hard evidence of that. It's just conjecture on my part and, and doing my job and speaking to yeah. people but around it, Manchester United. It does make all this rather strange because we don't have a situation here whereby Ronaldo is saying, I love this place, I'm staying and I better be in the first team or I'm going to cause ructions. He's saying... I want out. I mean, it's it's like a gift. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a welcoming gift to Ten Hag here that Ren- the Ronaldo problem uh, could just disappear. Like it's Manchester United here who are saying, no, 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 you're staying. That's what's so striking about all this. Yeah, because he, he signed a contract. Um, that has been United's uh, standpoint. But I'm sounding hesitant today because I don't fully believe it. And when players want to go, they, they do tend to get the way. And if mm. you wind back a year... We heard very similar noises from Cristiano Ronaldo about staying at Juventus. He started the season with Juventus and then he left. He's given this line. This line's been briefed about wanting to excel in the the Champions League. I'm not entirely convinced by that. If you look at where the, the real huge money could come from, you're looking at places like Saudi Arabia, 
you might think that someone like America, which couldn't pay him anything like that, uh, might be attractive to him and his family. But he's still a top-level player. He, he showed that with his numbers uh, last season. I think it's best for all if it's sorted out and it's dragged on a little bit. It was quite nice to go on the tour just to focus on the football, mm. to watch the forwards who actually play for the club, to see people like Anthony Martial playing well because his stock had dropped probably to its lowest ever level before the tour, having had a few poor seasons at United and a poor loan spell at Sevilla. We saw flashes from Marcus Rashford. I spoke to him on Sunday after the game and he needs to win United fans back over again. Jadon Sancho had a very, very good tour. But a year ago, when Ronaldo signed, United had too many players up front and now it looks like they're a bit short up front. Mm. I think it's it shouldn't just be about individuals. It shouldn't be... We've, we've gone down this path so many times in the last nine years. We need him in, bring him in, bring him in. I think the coaching side has got to be more important now. It's not just about names. Too many players have flopped at Manchester United. Huge names. I think the, the manager has got to have absolute power to coach this team who vastly underperformed uh, last season. And again, I was pretty encouraged by what I saw and what I heard on the pre-season tour. But I said the same in 2014 when Louis van Gaal took over. And in the first game of the season, United were beating Old Trafford by Swansea City and all hell broke loose. <laughs> it sure did. It was noticeable that uh, Ronaldo arrived at Carrington with Jorge Mendes and five minutes later, a uh, certain Alex Ferguson just happens to drive into Carrington behind him and uh, Manchester United have moved to say that Ferguson was there for uh, a routine meeting with the board. But I did find myself thinking back to October when Solskjaer was about to bite the bullet and he was under huge pressure and lo and behold, Ferguson happened to be at Carrington on that significant day and the uh, excuse or the rationale that time was that he was there for a suit fitting. Uh, I dare say they may have Ferguson's suit measurements on record at, at Carrington or uh, at Old Trafford. So just beg the question, Andy, what's your sense, in so much as you can deduce, what's your, your sense of how influential Ferguson is still around the club? He's more influential than he was for large periods of Ed Woodward's reign. And Ferguson backed right off. He still kept an office at Old Trafford for match days, but he didn't want to be like like Samat Busby, uh, overshadowing the, the, the manager's Jose Mourinho was the one who pulled him back down to the training ground for the first time. Louis van Gaal really wanted to keep a, a distance from him. Ferguson still has an opinion, absolutely so. Uh, it is still a club in flux. Has he been delighted with everything that's gone on? No, as he as he heck. When Ronaldo was going to City, he was one of them who expressed his opinion strongly, do not let this happen. And it didn't happen. He came to United. I think Ronaldo... He's got a huge amount of time first for Alex Ferguson, but he's got even more time for Cristiano Ronaldo. There's different... The, John Murtagh is a man who's got a lot of power on the football side. Uh, you've, got, you've got Eric Ten Hag, you've got Joe Glazer, you've got Richard Arnold as well. I don't think any one of those people uh, has got an absolute authority in the way that Ferguson once had when when he was manager, it's still a club in a state of flux. It's all right, me talking and saying the pre-season was good. Mm. There has been so many changes at Manchester United uh, this summer. And the power at the moment lies with with John Murta. He's the man who brought Ralph Reinick in, who brought Eric Ten Hag in. But he'll be judged as well if Ten Hag is not a success. And Ten Hag's finding his feet and he's best to find them 
on the training ground with the players. That's what he's good at. I think he did quite well with the media. He wasn't a brilliant uh, talker. But then Ralph Rangnick was a brilliant talker. Just a shame the football was pretty poor under Ralph Rangnick. Mm. There's so many different facets to Manchester United. You still don't get a sense that everyone's pulling in the right direction because there are still issues like the Ronaldo one which need resolving. Mm. It was interesting. Alex Ferguson was over in an Irish uh race meeting here Punchestown not so long ago and uh, reported it very well to like ambush him and, and boy when he turned around and saw a camera and microphone he did not want to be interviewed but um, eventually you know reporter asked the question and about Manchester United and the situation and like Ferguson didn't want to say much but he said uh, time for someone to get a hold of it now and he just well, it just meant uh, like there, uh, talk about cutting down to the nub of the fact that the, he, he clearly thinks the whole club is a mess and no one has a hold of the situation that's that's what I've just been saying yeah I, I said it pretty clearly then. No one has had the control that Sir Alex Ferguson has. Can anyone have that type of control at a club which has got so big? Again, maybe not, but there's been such a, a dispersion of power and decision makers that the mess what Manchester United has become is partly a, a, a symptom of that. Joe Glazer is, is the top dog. He entrusts people to to deliver for him. Ed Woodward thought that it was delivering in terms of numbers and names. Uh, then players didn't perform. And the most important thing for a club uh, is to win matches and to win trophies. United have gone five years without uh, winning a trophy. So that that view that Ferguson said at Punchestown, that is like, absolutely what, what, what he feels. I've heard similar from many different sources. Is he helping the situation, Andy? You know, uh, videos with Habib here and Punchestown comments there and turning up on certain significant days at Carrington and, you know, like his advice to sign Ronaldo, his advice all the way back to David Moyes. You could question a lot of it. I mean, is he actually um, a net positive over the last 10 years? I don't think he's been influential in, in, in a lot of the decisions between David Moyes and Cristiano Ronaldo. I think people deliberately didn't go to, to Ferguson. I don't think he's had that much involvement. Right. And I don't I don't see him as a huge issue. I think that Ten Hag's got very clear ideas of what's going on and he'll speak to Ferguson. Um but he's got he's got to find his own uh, two feet. It's only a problem uh, if Ferguson is briefing against the current manager. And that, that has happened a couple of times. But I'm told that uh, with Ten Hag he, he he doesn't see that as a bad signing. Um, I think there were times last season when he was extremely frustrated. Well, it can join the millions of Manchester United fans who felt the same. Mm. So you mentioned the pre-season tour then. United had uh, four games in three cities. They were in Bangkok and Melbourne and Perth. Three wins, one draw. You said you were impressed with Ten Hag. Do you want to expand on what you saw from him? Yeah, I was because it's my job to find out what's going on. And I speak to lots of different people. A, I was impressed with the football. 4-0 win against Liverpool. Admittedly, that could have been 4-all and Liverpool played three different teams. But it was still Manchester United for Liverpool nil. United won in, in Melbourne against uh, Crystal Palace, against Melbourne Victory and played very well in the first half in Perth on Saturday against Aston Villa. Played pretty poorly in the, the second half. So maybe that wasn't a bad thing because Tenar could rip into them, as he did do. He wasn't going to do media after the game. And then he did it and he was very critical of his players. So he's not afraid of calling people out. We saw little glimpses of that during matches, during the game when he would be really strong and say, what on earth are you doing? I told you not to do that. This isn't football. In in training, 
I was told that he constantly stops. I want you to do it this way to the point that he drives uh, the players mad. But again, in a good way, they feel that they can improve under him. His uh, his assistant, uh, Mitchell, uh, I heard good things about him. He's been a manager himself. He's not uh, best friends with Tenog, doesn't need to be, but he's a good foil to him. Managed in Portugal at the highest level. Good on the training ground. Steve McLaren's back. Isn't to the same level as those two in terms of being a modern coach and being absolutely up to speed, but knows United. Um, just a good person to have around. That's the impression that that I got. So they've picked the confidence up off the floor, which was needed. Uh, it could go back down there if United start the season poorly. I thought with the media, it was, it was good. Even though his English isn't 100%, uh, he makes it clear if he doesn't like a question. And I think he's aware of how big Manchester United are uh, as well. Uh, I think he sees the media as a necessary evil. Um, but he does it. And I'm told of staff who work with him, they say he's got he's got a bit of a humour about him. Uh, but he, but discipline first, whereas Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was, was nice first mm-hmm. and could discipline in private. And one player... Uh, turned up late twice to team meetings and he was expected to start in one of the matches and he didn't start. So that is the manager saying very firmly, you do things my way. Not in an anal way that Louis van Gaal did where he'd go crazy if you were one minute late. It's more relaxed than that. But after two or three weeks of Ralph Rangnick, eight or nine of my best sources were pretty damning. And United fans didn't want to hear that because he had a shiny new manager and everything was going to be great. How dare you tell us this? They'd say, what on earth do you know? And I just kept hearing it of people I trusted. Mm. After two or three weeks at Ten Hag, I'm hearing pretty much the opposite of that. I'm hearing good stuff. But then you've got a caution because the people telling me they want it to be good. They're predisposed to be good. Their jobs are reliant on it being good. It's, it's a new season. And I think every footballer or even sports fan before a new season is at their most optimistic point. Uh, if United get in more of the players who they want, that will lift the mood further. But August is going to be a really tough month. Playing against Brighton, Leicester, Liverpool, all of those teams scored four goals past Manchester United last season. Really good teams. And United will be expected not to be losing by four goals to, mm. to any of them. You said earlier in our conversation, he has the respect of most of the players. That set off yeah. a bit of an alarm bell. No, no, I wouldn't red flag that. I just don't have evidence of every single one of them. Oh, you know, enough. as a okay. journalist, I'm I'm always putting a jigsaw together and it's always incomplete. I've not heard anybody saying they're not having him. Fair enough. And I certainly okay. heard that about his, his, his predecessor. So the reports I'm getting are, are, are very positive about him. Okay, that's a good one to clarify. And what about any imminent arrivals then? Well, if he had his way... Um, Frankie de Jong will be coming imminently, but Frankie de Jong doesn't share the same opinion. So I wouldn't use the word imminent um, with that one. We've seen Lissandro Martinez and, and Christian Eriksen. I'm not aware of any imminent uh, players uh, coming. Three players have been signed. I think United fans are like, okay, let's see what this is about. Um, they're not the huge, huge names, but the huge names haven't worked. Mm. So it's more about the manager, giving the manager the power get the system that he wants. Um, but he, he does want Frankie de Jong. He's absolutely key to the system that he wants to play. And I've divided my time between Manchester and Barcelona. I know a lot of people at FC Barcelona and 
I'm pretty clear what the situation is, and it's down to the player. And Frenkie de Jong has given no indication that he wants to join Manchester United, even though the two clubs have agreed a deal for him to be sold to Manchester United. And just a very last one in, in 30, 40 seconds, if you can. Uh, I suspect most Manchester United fans, when they waved goodbye to Anthony Martial, thought, well, we'll never see him again one way or another. And so uh, here he is having a good pre-season. I suspect there'd still be uh, a huge reticence to, to hang their hat in Martial being their lead striker for the season. They would. Football's funny, isn't it? Uh, I'm told he needs to be more consistent and he's got it all but he needs to be more consistent his goal return the last couple of years wasn't good enough awful in Seville but he's smiling again and and he is talented and he knows that his own career is on the line he's not going to get a club like Manchester United so if he starts scoring again people will cheer his name they absolutely love him to be a success but but you're quite right he's uh, he's looking up at a mountain now and he's got to start climbing it Andy, it's a sure sign summer is coming to an end. You're back on the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Andy Mitten, editor of United We Stand, with us there on uh, Ronaldo's talks at Carrington this afternoon. Football on off the ball brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BD Sport and Premier Sports.